you want to have an idea of what are all your income sources and where is kind of the ideal total income that you want to have coming into your household in retirement. Because money coming from a tax-free savings account in retirement is not considered income as far as CRA is concerned. But money coming from an RSP is fully taxable as income. So ideally, what we're doing ahead of retirement is figure out a tax-efficient income stream that's going to keep you in a tax bracket that is manageable. Welcome to Your Retirement Planning Simplified with your host, Joseph Curry, a CFP professional who is going to help you learn how to simplify your retirement planning. This podcast is all about helping you answer those burning questions you've had about your retirement possibilities and making a plan to get there. Through retirement planning education, resources, and expert interviews, Joe will help you get clear on your retirement vision, how to simplify it, and what you'll need specifically to achieve or maintain your financial freedom. Ready to live out your retirement dreams and create future opportunities for the ones you love? Then let's get started. Welcome to Your Retirement Planning Simplified. I'm your co-host, Joe Curry, alongside my co-host, Lindsay Wilson. Hi again, Lindsay. Hi, Joe. How are you? I'm good, thanks. I know some people who listen to the show often may know that we sometimes record in batches. <laughs> it's always funny when we, we, do. we jump on here and how are you again 20 minutes later? But anyway. Yeah. And also now that we have all our episodes that you can watch on YouTube, the full episodes are up on our channel as well, which I will include in the show notes. So anybody curious about seeing us can, but you'll see from those batches that we're wearing the same thing too. <laughs> yeah. Same clothes on and same doodling behind me on my board. <laughs> yes, last that's week. right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think we should jump in. This is a topic that you probably can't ever discuss enough, and there's so much to learn and infinite questions, but it's about tax and how we might pay less tax as we approach or are in retirement. So our biggest expense, as most of us know, in and out of retirement is generally tax. So my question, Joe, today is how can people go about legitimately paying less tax? Sure. So I think a big part of it really is some basic education, which we'll get to here in a minute. But the other thing I want to mention is we've done a lot of episodes on taxes, maybe not a lot recently, but if anyone hasn't listened to all our episodes, if they go back, we've done a lot. And as you mentioned, it's our biggest expense. I was just reading the other day, I think it's either 159 days or 169 days, the average Canadian goes before they actually get to take home a penny of their actual paycheck. So you work the first 169 days of the year. Again, that might be 159, but 159 or 169 on average before you ever actually get to keep the money. Let's say a third of the year, maybe, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, it's an important topic. And this is something I think a lot of people who've never worked with a financial planner, as opposed to maybe an investment advisor only, they don't realize that a lot of the value in the relationship isn't just building the portfolio, right? It's how are we able to have more money in your hands at the end of the day. And one of the biggest things that we can do is help you make good tax planning decisions. So with that, to answer your question, it comes back to having a basic foundation of knowledge. So financial planners helped, accountants, CPAs can definitely help with this. But if you're just trying to wing it and how you're doing your investments and taxes and how you're setting things up, you're probably leaving money on the table. And just having this basic understanding, which we'll get to today, will at least put you in a lot better decision to at the very least know that your decisions are gonna have future consequences for when you go to access that money. 
maybe I'll throw it back to you, Lindsay. What specifically should we talk about as far as a foundation goes? Right. So I am curious if we could discuss the different tax buckets. We could go kind of break those down for the listeners. Perfect. So there's a few different ways that income and our investments are taxed while they're invested and when we receive it. So we think of it, we talk in investing in buckets. We can think about our taxes in buckets as well. The first bucket we'll talk about is tax deferred. So what that means is that your money is invested and while it's invested, you're paying no tax on it. So it continues to grow on a tax deferred basis. So if you have dividends paid out, interest paid out, you're realizing capital gains, you're not paying any tax along the way. But when you go to take money out of those accounts, you then have to pay income tax. Some examples here would be RRSPs, locked-in retirement accounts, defined contribution pensions. And the good news about defined contribution pensions and RRSPs, which we've talked about in the past, is that when you put the money in, you actually get a deduction on your income. So you pay less income tax in the year you put it in. And then you get all this tax-deferred growth. But once you want to access the money and you go to take an income or take a withdrawal out of those accounts, at that point, you're paying income tax. That's really important to know because so many people get so upset about how they have to pay tax on this money and that they should have never bought or put any money into RSPs or they're telling, we have, like say, retiree clients come and tell us, they're like, oh, we told our kids never put money in RSPs because they're going to pay all this tax now. But that's not good advice, especially if they're high income earners, because during all those years where they're making higher income than they probably will have in retirement, they're getting that tax deduction and they're getting all that tax deferred growth along the way. Mm -hmm. So tax deferred is a really good thing. It's not all about when you take the money out, but it is also important to know that when you take money out, it is going to be taxable. The next bucket is tax-free money. So tax-free, we have the tax-free savings account in Canada, which is great. No deduction when it goes in, but when you put money in there, you invest it, it grows. You pay no tax on any of that growth, interest, dividends, capital gains, doesn't matter. And then when you take it out, the best part about it is there's still no tax. So it's a wonderful account. Anyone in a position to be using those accounts, we want to make sure that we're doing so. But there's some other tax-free vehicles, Lindsay. I'm not sure if you know of these, but one is the principal residence, right? Again, mm-hmm. talking to Canada here. So if you buy your house for nowadays, I don't know, we'll start low at what, $500,000? <laughs> oh, I feel like that's really low. It's really Let's say low. 750, yeah. We'll call it 500. But anyway, you buy yeah. a house of $500,000. It's your primary residence. You live in it. And you sell your house 10 years later for a million dollars, that $500,000 you pay no tax on. That's tax-free. So we have the primary residence exemption. There's the lottery. So you can buy a lottery ticket. There's no tax deduction, but you can buy a lottery ticket. And if you win the lottery, it's also tax-free. So that's good news. And then the last one is actually one that most people would think about is life insurance. So Mm -hmm. you can put money into life insurance. There's different types of policies. We've talked a little bit about it in the past. Some of these policies have some investment type vehicles inside of the policies. There's some different options there. And any of that growth is tax-free. And when you pass away to send that on to the next generation, it all goes on Mm tax-free. So you could get access to that money. And there's some kind of strategies around doing that in your own lifetime. But typically, we would be looking at something like this for a wealthy retiree who knows they're not going to use all their money and they don't want it to continue growing where they continue to pay tax on it or have their estate pay tax on it. So they might take a chunk of that excess money they're never going to spend and invest it inside a life insurance policy so that it can grow. They'll pay no tax during their lifetime. And then their kids, again, will receive a tax free. 
So those are a few of the tax-free options. Now, I know a lot of people I talk to are always looking for that lottery piece, but please don't plan your retirement around the lottery. Don't depend on it. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And then, of course, we have the taxable non-registered accounts. So a taxable account is you invest the money. You do not get a deduction for putting the money in. It grows. You pay tax as income comes up. So as dividends come out, you pay tax on the dividends. As any interest is paid, so on GICs or bonds, things like that, you pay tax on the interest. The good news with any kind of like growth in stocks or in real estate, and I'm talking like rental properties, right? Not your primary residence. We talked about that already. But any growth on that, you don't pay tax on until or unless you sell, right? So when you do sell that capital gain, so I use the example of buying a house for 500000 selling for a million. So let's say that's not your principal residence and you do it. Well, then you would have a $500,000 capital gain in that situation where you sold for 500000 more than you bought for. And for capital gains, the good thing is you don't have to pay tax on all of it. So it doesn't all go into your income, but 50% of that. So in that example, $250,000 of that capital gain will go into your income for the year and you would pay tax on that. So the deferral is just not selling when it comes to anything with a capital gain. So again, stocks, real estate, but you still have to pay it as soon as you want to access that money, but in the form of selling it. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have bonds and GICs as well. So just to kind of clarify the differences, bonds and GICs are always interest. So interest is always the highest tax rate. And then dividends, and we talked about capital gains already, but dividends also are generally at a little bit of a, a more advantaged tax rate than interest is. I'd be curious if we could touch upon business owners as well. Sure, yeah. So from a high level, there's some advantages, maybe not as big as most people think, but there's some advantages for business owners where they have profits in their company. So they have some decisions to make there, right? When there's money left over, they can reinvest that in the company. They could pay themselves a bonus. They could pay themselves a dividend, or they could also invest that money inside of their company, inside of their corporation. And the advantage of doing that is they would do it at a lower tax rate than their personal rate. So as an important note here is a lot of people think, oh, wealthy business owners are getting all the advantages in the world, but you cannot get money back into your personal bank account as a business owner paying less tax than any other individual. So as soon as the money comes from the corporation to your business account, you have to pay an amount of tax through integration, what the government calls integration, that gets you to the same tax as if you just got a salary in the first place. The potential advantage there is getting that money at the lower corporate business tax rate invested. So it's kind of like when you invest in your RSP, right? You're getting a deduction, so you're investing the pre-tax dollars, so you still pay the tax later when it comes out. So I think I'll leave it there, Lindsay, because I think there's enough where we can go in-depth enough on the business owner side and investing inside the corporation, the tax kind of consequences and considerations of that that we'll do a whole other episode on it. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll make sure that we do. So could you help our listeners understand how they can use some of this knowledge about the tax buckets as they approach retirement or in retirement? Sure. Yeah. So we kind of laid the foundation for these different tax buckets. But again, just knowing that doesn't help you a whole lot. But when it gets to retirement specifically, and you start taking money out of these buckets, you want to have an idea of what are all your income sources and where is kind of the ideal total income that you want to have coming into your household in retirement. Because money coming from a tax-free savings account in retirement is not considered income as far as CRA is concerned. But money coming from an RSP is fully taxable as income. So ideally, what we're doing ahead of retirement is we're working with these different buckets to figure out a tax-efficient income stream that's going to keep you in a tax bracket 
that is manageable. Like we don't want you paying 50% tax on your retirement income, right? Mm. So we might want to move some money out of your registered investments. So like your RSPs, which we might turn into a RIF, but we don't want to take so much out of there that you're paying again, like 43 or 50% tax. So we might take enough out of there to keep you at say a 30% tax bracket and then supplement that income with money from non-registered investments that are going to be taxed at a, a lower rate so that we're not taking as much from the portfolio every year, not giving as much to CRA up front. Mm-hmm. But all at the same hand, we're taking money out of those registered investments now so that when you pass away, your kids don't have a massive tax bill. It's really all about balancing the income. The other thing we want to look at is for a lot of people, even a lot of high net worth retirees, their income comes in around this old age security clawback threshold, which is approximately $86,000 it'll be for 2023. Mm-hmm. So we want to look at, you know, if there's the opportunity to keep income for tax purposes and OAS purposes below that threshold of $86,000, but you need more money than that coming in. Again, we could have a taxable income coming up to that $86,000 and then look for other tax-free or more tax advantage sources to be taking your other income from mm-hmm. so that you're not going into that level of clawback. Mm-hmm. So any parting thoughts, parting words of wisdom that you would give to people who are thinking about taxes in retirement? Yeah. So I guess the other thing when we're planning, if you have time to be planning ahead a little bit, if you have a higher income earning spouse, you might be looking at how could you be getting some money into accounts in their name, especially if you're going to be retiring before age 65, because there's not really a good way to split income unless you have a defined Mm -hmm. benefit pension before age 65. So in those last few years, maybe you can be making some larger contributions to the lower income earning spouses, spousal RSP. And then if you're already into retirement, again, it's really just figuring out what are those different income thresholds that make sense from a planning perspective mm-hmm. and started to plan around those and figuring out how you're going to make all that work so that you're not looking at your first year retirement and seeing a massive tax bill that could have otherwise been avoided with proper planning. Mm-hmm. As you had mentioned at the beginning, we've done quite a few episodes on taxes in retirement, and I'll make sure that I list them in the show notes for anybody who'd like to dive a bit deeper as well. Perfect. Thanks, Lindsay. Thank you, Joe. Investment services are provided through Matthews & Associates Investments of Aligned Capital Partners Incorporated and approved trade name of Aligned Capital Partners Inc. ACPI. Only investment-related products and services are offered through ACPI slash Matthews & Associates Investments of ACPI and covered by the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. Tax planning, financial planning, and insurance services are provided through Matthews & Associates. Matthews & Associates is an independent company separate and distinct from ACPI slash Matthews & Associates Investments of ACPI. Matthews & Associates are not licensed tax professionals, and you should consult with your tax advisor before acting on any recommendations. Thank you for joining us for this latest episode of Your Retirement Planning Simplified. If you'd like to see how prepared you are for retirement, we've created a free retirement readiness calculator to help you out. Go to matthewsandassociates.ca forward slash ready to input your retirement information and receive instant feedback to help you evaluate your current retirement readiness. Be sure to tune back in for the next episode. And until then, we're here to help you simplify and succeed in your retirement planning.